Hi everyone, I feel so honored to introduce Emily Kyle as our first official guest to kick off this very important series. Emily comes from a strongly educated background as a registered nurse and holistic cannabis practitioner with a master's in both science and nutrition. Not only that, but Emily is also an award-winning, nationally recognized media dietitian, nutrition, and cannabis spokesperson and speaker, and a not just one, but two-time published author and educator. And yes, there's another and. Emily has created their own line of cannabinoid wellness products, ranging from can of butter, featuring my favorite combo, Delta 9 and CBD one-to-one, to gummies, and even a CBN sleep oil. Emily has created and done it all. She has also been featured in some of your favorite media, and it is such a privilege to have her on here today. Hi, Emily. It is so nice to have you. And we have such an important topic, the endocannabinoid system, how it influences our health as women. So I just want to say real fast that I really, really appreciate your advocacy, professionalism, everything that you are bringing to the cannabis and wellness space as a woman, an entrepreneur, you're breaking the stigma. So thank you once again for spending time with us and sharing such valuable information. Yeah, Thank you, Emily. Appreciate it. Oh my gosh. The honor is mine. Thank you so much for having me here today. Um, since this is episode one and, you know, uh, we aren't quite sure where our listeners are as far as experience. I think that we should just literally start with the basics. So right off the top, can you provide a brief overview of the endocannabinoid system, its role on the body, particularly in relation to women's health? Absolutely. And I love giving this talk because I see the light bulbs go off in people's minds. And when I first learned about the endocannabinoid system, it wasn't in college. It wasn't during an anatomy class. It wasn't during a physiology class. It was well after I had graduated from Rochester Institute of Technology, a very well-known college. And when I first found out, I was kind of annoyed. I was like, how did I not learn about this? Who missed this? And so- For anybody listening, it's not a surprise that you haven't heard about it. And I don't want you to feel like you're not smart because you haven't heard about it. It's just, it's relatively new in terms of science speak. And so we're used to learning about our immune systems. We know about our cardiovascular systems. This is just something new. And I don't want the big word to make you feel scared. It is pronounceable. You can do it. Endocannabinoid system. We all have one. All mammals have one. And so what we found is this system in our body, it's made up of three main things. We have receptors, we have messengers, and we have enzymes. And so what happens is this is going to be responsible for maintaining balance and homeostasis within the body. And a lot of people are like, oh, balance, cannabis, when I use use it, makes me feel balanced. This is starting to make sense. And so in this endocannabinoid system, we have two main receptor types. We have a CB1 receptor, which is on our brain and central nervous system. We have a CB2 receptor, which is in our immune and peripheral tissues. And I always tell people, this kind of helps it make sense, where a lot of people are like, how can cannabis work for both physical conditions and mental and emotional conditions? And we think we have these two receptors for both in our bodies. And so when we start to think about this system as a whole, and how it not only produces cannabinoids within our bodies, our own bodies produce these cannabinoids, but it also interacts with the cannabinoids we consume through the cannabis plant. 
And so if that's just the basic overview, we can go deeper into those other pieces. But in our bodies, that's what's going on, which is super exciting. It's it's really remarkable. I just um, wanted to add for those of you that are listening, if you Google where the receptors are located in a body, you'll be so amazed, particularly in women. If you see the difference between the men and women, we have our receptors are actually located in different areas. And that part was the most astounding to I me. I didn't know because that. Our, yes, our reproductive Uterus. area has so yes. many. Hmm. It just blew I my there mind. Are different Absolutely parts. That's interesting. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I feel like that plant, this plant is made for women. Yeah. I mean, not, I mean, it's made for everybody in my opinion, but really like, oh my gosh, yes, the women need this. Of course, our, our ovaries are screaming for it, you know? So just so glad how beautifully you covered that as far as like breaking it down. Cause I've never been able to explain it. So like in layman's terms with the receptors and the messengers and the enzymes, cause those are all terms that we are pretty familiar with, you know, but yes. we don't, when we hear endocannabinoid system, we're like, whoa, Whoa, I don't know what this all means. So thank you so much for being so clear and concise um, and, you know, getting down to like the basics of how, how this works. So um, what I also want to know, are there any specific conditions or health issues that women commonly experience where the endocannabinoid system may play a significant role, like playing off that, that image that I've seen? Absolutely. So as you had said, I also am fascinated by the amount of cannabinoid receptors we have on our reproductive organs. And for women, that is like a light bulb. But going back to the endocannabinoid system as a whole, not specific to men or women, but I don't know if you follow Dr. Ethan Russo, but he proposes a theory of the clinical endocannabinoid deficiency syndrome, in which case he believes that within our bodies, a deficiency of cannabinoids that our bodies naturally produce on their own leads to the development of migraines, fibromyalgia, and irritable bowel syndrome, all three which affect women just as much as men, but fibromyalgia more women than men. And anyway, this theory that he produces is that Okay, your body is not producing these within, but if you supplement with cannabis, you can begin to attack those most terrible symptoms associated with these conditions. And when people learn that, they're like, oh my gosh, like we are so used to a vitamin D deficiency. We can easily accept a vitamin C deficiency. But when we realize, oh, we could have a cannabinoid deficiency and this could be the missing piece, a lot of people are like, oh. I'm so excited to even learn that this is a thing. Yes. Do you think that the deficiency has been caused because of prohibition? That's a great question. And that's really hard to say because I would logically think so because the cannabis plant used to be part of everyday life. And I almost parallel it to nutrition with my background in nutrition. It's the same as our diet and our food system. We used to have nutritious foods all the time because that's just what we had. And if we had the cannabis plant growing in our vegetable gardens, like I'd like to see happen, we would naturally in the past interact with cannabinoids and have them fueling our system. So prohibition could absolutely, I mean, I have no evidence to support that, but absolutely lead to the deficiency of course. Yeah. Because even if it was growing wild, the animals are eating it and we're eating the animals. Even if we're not actually consuming the plant, we're still getting like grass fed beef. We were, you know, having hemp fed beef (laughs) and it's not here anymore. That's a really good point. I never thought of that either. Actually, the deficiency can come from prohibition. I never thought of I mean, it makes so much sense. It's just not, we don't have that supplementation. We haven't had it for so many years. If you know, you need supplementation a lot of the times. That's why we have fruits and vegetables. We have to eat those, right? So it's, it just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, really interesting. 
Yeah. If you take a vitamin D dropper, why not take a full spectrum CBD or whatever yep. you want to take that's going to help with mm -hmm. whatever you need? Exactly. So do you know what current research is saying about the effectiveness of cannabis and, and cannabinoids and addressing women's health issues? So it's really exciting that we are seeing new research considering cannabis still is on the schedule to list here in America, which means that no federally funded studies are going to go into researching these. And so we are excited to see these preliminary studies coming out, giving us these little glimmers of hope. And while we're not anywhere where we need to be in terms of clinical trials and getting in those large trials that we need to actually prove the efficacy, these little studies coming out are really promising for women in all facets of life, truly. I mean, we're talking anxiety, depression, pain management, reproductive management, autoimmune conditions. There's, I don't know if there's anything that cannabis isn't being researched for. Take notes. To help <laughs> men and women. I truly believe that. Wow. I'm, I'm so, I, I, you know, I'm so grateful for the countries who have already started, you know, um, and I'm so grateful for the universities that have been on their own doing this through privately funded research and just so grateful for, I know a nurse that's in Vermont who's been working with local universities to do the research with them because she has had her own, you know, just positive, uh, positive stories over the years, the anecdotes and everything and really promising, really promising uh, anecdotes and, and, and statistics and stuff. So I really hope within the next, you know, this is like a 10 year, this isn't even a five year dream. This is like a 10 year dream. Cause I have to be realistic. I'm hoping that by the time my children, our children, cause we're all parents here. I hope that by the time our children are, are old uh, enough that we'll have enough research to back them and they'll have the accessibility that I feel like everybody deserves. So Agreed. do you know, um, like when it comes to like the use of cannabis and cannabinoids, are, I've heard that there are interactions um, with the endocannabinoid system in women and differences how the bodies do respond compared to men is, I mean, obviously with receptors, do you know of any particulars? So in my research, I am not men versus women when I'm researching. So I'm not going to speak to that, but I do know that different cannabinoids affect different receptors. And that's why we're seeing different results when we're using different cannabinoids. And so for anybody listening, when we say cannabis, it's, it's like an umbrella term, but we could be talking about THC. We could be talking about CBD. We could be talking about CBN. There are so many little pieces and each one of these interacts with different receptors on the body. And so that kind of opens up the world for people in understanding, wow, Cannabis isn't just one thing. It is an umbrella of multiple things that I can trial with my own body to see how my body reacts. And one thing I always like to put out there is that our endocannabinoid systems are just as unique as our own immune systems. And so we can all understand easily that our immune systems are all quite different based on our, our physiology, our experiences, what our bodies have gone through. For a lot of people, it's hard to understand our endocannabinoid systems are the same way. I'm not going to react to That's THC the way you're going to react to THC mm -hmm. or anybody is going to react to THC. You can't predict how you're going to react to CBN because your body has unique receptors. 
your body has unique enzymes. And so for a lot of people, I really want them to get over that hump and understand that cannabis is personalized medicine. It's not a pill you take and boom, everything's better. I really tell people it's a lifelong journey and it's a relationship between you and your own endocannabinoid system that is very fluid and will continue to move about throughout your life cycle as well. And I just want to put that out there because your body, no one knows your body like you and no one is going to be able to gauge your experience the way you do. That is the biggest hurdle. That's the biggest hurdle we have in today's westernized medicine to get over that, like, like that right there. It's, it's huge. That, that understanding, it, it's a huge, huge point. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. You, you have to get to know right yourself. There. I'm sure people, mm-hmm. yeah, people are going to feel that comment a lot. I mean, I know I, well, was, I, I was find like when people are coming to cannabis, they're coming to it as a quick fix. Yeah. It's just like they would come to a prescription a medication as a quick yeah. fix. Mm-hmm. It's a holistic. I always tell people it's a tool in your tool belt, mm-hmm. a tool in your wellness tool belt. Yep. And you use them all together Mm -hmm. in harmony by paying attention to your own self going within but you can't say well emily does this so i'm gonna do that it doesn't work that way Mm -hmm. it's all about you and i really want people to take and i was actually just talking about someone with this the other day cannabis brings you to yourself in such a spiritual level Mm -hmm. that i find it very easy to do on a physical level now yeah that's 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 really interesting. I can relate to that as well. And and cannabis just kind of opens yeah. you up. It softens you a little bit and allows you to to do that, um, which is yeah. which is something again that we're just not used to in today's day and age. Especially, I think the way we were raised is just that hardened exterior was kind of what was celebrated, right? And and that doesn't lead yeah. to healing typically. So um, cannabis helps for yeah. sure in that respect. I, I love that. Thanks. Or good parenting. I mean, when you said you soften, I'm a, I'm a softer that mother too. than I was 10 years ago. Kidding me this week. Oh I have two my crazies. My about- wife's in Italy. I need softer parenting this week. I need that assistance. <laughs> okay. That's what I need. Trust me. I know. Yeah. Send a little extra cannabinoids your way. <laughs> They're already here. I already, so- I already prepared. Good. You're stocked up. I'm glad to hear that you're stocked up. <laughs> That's right. Um, so I'm, I'm actually curious with this and I really want to, I, I want to address this because years ago I was really like, I, I was so uninformed obviously, and didn't realize there, there were side effects with uh, medications when it came to cannabinoids. And I would always carry around CBD so I could give women like moms that I met a dose. I'm like, Oh, you want to try some, you want to try some? Like I had this CBN pen that was like, it made you feel like diazepam. Like it was so relaxing. And I would like hit their wrist and get, and they're like, what did you just give me? And one mom, and I'll never forget this. She was like, I can't have that. That interacts with my medication. And I was like, what? And then I realized, oh my God, what are you doing? Passing out drugs to people, you freaking goofball. <laughs> like this is something that you need to like research before you're just like dose in the world as you, as you go about. So, um, I am curious, uh, you know, when it comes to exploring cannabinoids, are there potential interactions with, uh, you know, medications commonly used by women? Is that really true? So the one that we know about the most because of the research that we have is that we know that CBD specifically interacts with any medication that also targets the cytochrome P450 pathway. And to make that easy for anybody listening, it's just CBD does the same thing whenever you see medication that says don't take with grapefruit juice. If it says don't take with grapefruit juice, don't take with CBD, 
what CBD does in the body is actually makes the medication you're taking more bioavailable, which is interesting when we're talking about using cannabis for opioid reduction. If you use CBD, it makes some of those more available so you can take a lower dose. And so that's why I always tell people, just be honest with your doctor. If your doctor doesn't like what you're doing, get a new doctor. Mm -hmm. You're the customer. But at the end of the day, if you're choosing to use something, and I'm a cannabis first practitioner. I think cannabis should be be a first line intervention over prescription medications. It should be cannabis, then prescriptions, not one or the other. If you are really on a medical regimen, you need to discuss it with your doctor. And your doctor, if they're not open and willing to discuss it with you, find a new one. And I'm super passionate about that. I know that our medical system these days is really difficult to navigate. But it's your life. It's your body. It's your health. And if you don't have a practitioner who's helping you, they got to go. I think you're my new favorite advocate. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I know oh, it's easier said than done, but at the end of the day, like you have to live your whole life. You can't, you cannot do it on someone else's agenda. Dang. <laughs> well, that, and I just, I think we, I think it's really, you know, there's so much guidance that isn't unfortunately proper in that world that people get right. The, the, the doctors did not go to school Really, I have friends that are my age and they did not learn about the endocannabinoid system. And, and, you know, like even younger, they're just starting to get into it. So it's not, um, and and some we'll talk to that I find, and they're totally cool with it. Others, you know, they, they treat it like it's, it's way worse than Xanax, right? Which we know isn't the case, but there's probably something behind that, I'm sure. But um, yeah, that's, it's, it's a valid point. I, I really like that too. People need to pay attention to that, I think. And know where you're getting your information from and know what their incentives are as well and their motives the doctor well just know that there are options out there i think that's the thing is like we get told no once and we're like oh okay i probably because we already have that stigma we already have that shame going into the doctor's office and you're like oh i have to tell them how much i do Mm -hmm. like drink or you know whatever your anxiety is that your your um your method of relaxation is so people are obviously hesitant to talk to their doctors and admit things in general. And then you have that tax on like, will they take my kids away? Are they going to judge me? Are they going to, you know, all these things, am I going to lose my job? Are they going to tell, you know, is there going to be post posters everywhere? This person uses drugs, you know, like I, your brain starts to spin as a, as a human or as someone who's even been shamed in trauma. And a lot of us who use cannabis have been, have been shamed to some extent. And so it's ironic because we're, we're using the cannabis to not feel the shame, but we're feeling the shame because we're using the cannabis and it's hard to feel that comfortability where we're like, Oh, we can do this. And I can talk to an adult on a one-to-one person like conversation. I was actually telling Ryan a couple of months ago, I was hospitalized being sick. And I mentioned to my doctor that they were asking about my alcohol use. And I was like, I don't really drink. Um, I actually use cannabis. And she was like, Oh man, I miss CBD. And I was like, what do you mean? And she goes, well, you know, with this job, I can't, use it anymore and i used to sleep so well when i took it i thought what a backwards system it broke my heart my heart broke for her yeah it really broke my heart because you know we are in an area where the first brick and mortar was built less than five minutes from my house in the 90s the very first brick and mortar for cannabis wellness was is less than five miles from my home and we're still acting like this it's unbelievable it's such a it's, it's it's it hurts my heart so that's why i'm so grateful for 
advocates like yourself who are highly educated understand how it works because we do need professionals that advocate for us, not just, you know, patients like myself, but the professionals who've gone through the work to understand how our, all of our systems work, like you were saying earlier, because the endocannabinoid system works with all the other systems, you guys. <laughs> They're all a big, happy family. Um, and yep. Your animals, your animals with their, are sitting at home, your fur babies would benefit from this too, as, as you were saying. The mammals all have this endocannabinoid system. So even, you know, your rabbit, go give your rabbit some CBD and let's, let's uh, give them a better life. Um, so with that being said, obviously, you know, I have to poke the bear just a little bit. And, uh, you know, my, my, my community is always so curious about this. This is why it's a hot topic uh, on my uh, page, but are there any risks or precautions that women should be aware of when using cannabis or cannabinoids for their health? I mean, in addition to like the, obviously the interactions with, with, uh, with your medication. Absolutely. And I tell people all the time, cannabis is just like food. You can use it for benefit and you can use it for not. And we all have the ability to be educated on cannabis to have that knowledge, that inherent knowledge, just like we have about food. And once we have that, then we can be responsible for that. So of course there are some side effects associated with cannabis, especially with THC, the molecule that makes us feel intoxicated. That is what most people are concerned about. Now I will say the biggest difference when it comes to prescription medications and cannabis is that the side effects of cannabis, say too much THC consumed, are relatively short-term, short-lived, and done. Whereas the side effects of prescription medications are very long-term, very damaging, depending on what you're taking, and can affect you for a very long time. And so, of course, we need to be careful with THC because nobody wants to feel that 24 hours of terribleness. So some of the most common um, symptoms associated with too much THC consumption is going to be anxiety, paranoia, rapid heartbeat, We've all heard of a friend who has called 911 because they thought they were dying. Not a great Friday happened. night, for sure. <laughs> no, no. However, with a small bit of basic education, we can all no. prevent that and avoid that and avoid those side effects. Mm -hmm. We can all do that. We can all be responsible. Just like we're responsible with food, just like we're responsible with alcohol if we choose to drink, just like we're responsible with supplements we choose to take. We are adults. We are capable of learning and we are capable of taking care of ourselves. And I always tell people when we're talking side effects, apples to apples versus cannabis versus prescription medications, it's that long term. What are we looking for in the long term of bettering our health? Are we trying to avoid those long term side effects? Because cannabis can absolutely help you replace prescription medications, which might give you long term side effects. And so being able to be patient and experiment and know it's not going to work perfectly the first time and know that you might have an experience that's uncomfortable but you're not going to die and that you can adjust what you know and you can move forward safely because again we are all adults and we can do this we can do this on our own it's okay and it's a journey a process it is a process. I mean, just like you mentioned earlier, every year I, or even probably every month, I, I change my month. dosage. Really, yes. realistically, <laughs> let's be honest. Every month. Like, like with my cycle, actually. Yes. 
Yes, yeah. with my with the cycle, um, with the newfound uh, cannabinoids. I remember the first time CBN came out. I was so grateful because CBD was great, but I have really high anxiety, and sometimes CBN doesn't cut it for me, even a full spectrum. So I love just a microdose of the CBN in addition to the full spectrum CBD because that gives me that extra like okay. Okay, I can chill. And those of you out there, play around. Play around with cannabinoids. Don't yes. be afraid to play around with, with uh, cannabinoids and research the different cannabinoids and how they could possibly affect you. And like they, you know, we were all saying earlier, all of us have different regimens. I, I know we all share. We like to share cannabis. It's a very like communal thing. But like in reality, when I hang out with my girlfriend, I have my own strains. She has her own strains. There's no way that hers, because she has fibromyalgia, it's so different. I would feel, I would be like this. And I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't be a fun That's friend right. to hang out with if I was using her strength. So you like the commercial, you'd be the girl couch. on the commercial who was flattened on the couch. Do you remember that girl from the nineties? That, <laughs> that, that would have been you. Yeah. That's real. That's real stuff <laughs> that they were talking about back then. So. <laughs> yes. So consider, reconsider puff, puff passing. Maybe you want to puff, puff pass to yourself these days, you guys. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Keep, it, keep those cannabis to yourself, but it's really personal. I, I meant, I heard a few years ago, uh, at, at a, uh, events, uh, the creator of, I think it was Emerald Magazine, he had, he helped heal his PC, PCOS, is that what it is? The breathing one? I'm or POC, what is that one with this, the breathing, having trouble COPD. Breathing? COPD, thank you. I know there's so many acronyms with, <laughs> oh, I'm trying to keep track of it, but he healed it with cannabis and he was saying the future of cannabis will be us like being able to like dial in those cannabinoids, like, okay, I need a little bit of this and this. And so we have this, like our own tincture almost like with our own wouldn't that be just amazing? I, so I just, think about when he's I just talked about this on my show. I go, that needs to be the next thing because we have to personalize it. Like someday we're gonna have a little way we're gonna scan ourselves and go, all right, we need this terpene, that can have it, right? And like it's just so personalized, but we don't yeah. we're not there yet. That's why it's so hard to use cannabis right now. But that's amazing if that's happening. That's my idea. I didn't patent it though. I wish it would have. Yeah. I mean, I hope it does. He it was just, I think it was a pipe dream for him, but yeah. I honestly like agree. I think that that would yeah. be an amazing resource for, for people to have, like, because everything's so customizable now, you know, with, especially with like now AI, I mean, geez, we could really, I'm, I'm not trying to give any ideas to the cannabis industry, but we can really use uh, tech to our advantage right now. Agreed. Not saying that AI should be the thing, but we should definitely be utilizing customization with cannabinoids. That's, that's what I'm pretty much getting at. So um, what, what advice? Cause this is, you know, this is obviously a female podcast and a lot of my listeners are going to be from different backgrounds and hopefully this is a podcast that people pass on to others and educate. So if someone's listening to this today and this is their first time even hearing about the endocannabinoid system, their first time being exposed to cannabis as an idea for wellness, I'm just curious, what advice would you give to women who are interested in exploring cannabis or cannabinoids for their health, but may have concerns or reservations? Go into it knowing that you can educate yourself as much as you want before you ever have to touch anything. There are so many resources out there. And I, it's like, say you were going to try a new diet. You're going to Google keto diet. You're going to Google paleo diet. And you're going to Google vegan diet. And you're going to spend some time really reading and thinking about it. You don't need to jump out here and run to the dispensary and stock up on $200 worth of things and play Russian roulette until you find something you like. You don't have to do that. You can take your time. You can do the research. You can go down the rabbit holes until you feel comfortable enough, until you've read enough to say, you know, I know myself well enough to know that I think I should probably skip the THC for a minute and I'll start with some CBD. 
or maybe you're a person where you're like, I've read enough to know that I need some THC. Let's start there. But you are absolutely allowed to take as much time as you need, do as much research as you need, and baby step it as much as you want until you're comfortable. Because my thing is cannabis is supposed to make you feel comfortable. And if any point it's not making you feel comfortable, even before you use it, you're doing it wrong. You need to do it in a way that works for you, your lifestyle, and your personality in a way that doesn't create anxiety so that when you are ready to finally take that first, whatever, toke, tincture, however you want to do it, you feel so confident that you know that you've done everything you can, the research, that you're going to have a great experience. And even if you don't, you still know what to do and you know how to move forward and that you also know this is a journey that one time is not going to be representative of your entire cannabis relationship and that you can play around. You are the boss of your experience. I love how gentle you are when it comes to education. Yeah, really well said. I think that's, that's very important. Really, we want to feel at ease. This is a big decision um, that's been deep-rooted in decades of, of fear and stigma and racism. So obviously, we're, we're just trying to like really navigate these kind of turbulent waters to some extent. You know, we just, mm-hmm. I just saw today a High Times was posting the huge debate on just legalizing. I think it was Minnesota or something. They were losing their minds over it, saying that cannabis kills people. I was like, what is happening to our government? Like they need to stay out of this. Yeah. They need to get educated by Emily Kyle. Let's just say, okay, (laughs) that's my two cents on this. So you were saying that it's up to us to educate ourselves, that it is a journey. So, um, I would like to, you know, ask one more question to include, are there additional resources, organizations, or further reading that you would personally recommend for women who want to learn more about the endocannabinoid system and its relationship to women's health? Absolutely. So I, there are a few books that I think are like a must read or like I'm seeing them on my shelf. I keep them. I reference them all the time. The first one is going to be Cannabis Pharmacy. I think that is the most important. You can look up any condition that you want and start there. He was I on our show. My, Michael Backus was oh on my the gosh, show. It's amazing. Yeah, like year, years ago. He, I mean, he's amazing. Like, he's great. That is, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. That book is the one that I have opened up yep, the most. Me too. And just having right resources. I'm, I'm looking at vitamin weed. I'm also looking at weed bombs. So depending on like if you're a mom, if you're a woman. I think having like some staple books that you can refer back to, you can open up when nobody's looking. You don't need, it doesn't need to get sucked back into your phone. Having some books on your bookshelf, old school, where you can go back just like a cookbook and reference them. I feel like can help so much and just lay that foundation for people. Yeah. It's like a blanket. It's like, everything's all right. It's in here. It's in these pages. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Ten thousands of years of well, wisdom. That's right. Yes. Right? It really is. I mean, we really should do a cannabis women's history episode, Ryan, because there is a rooted history with women's health and using cannabis for de- for centuries. Yeah, I bet. So I- it's interesting you say that because I have been talking a lot about other women like this. There's a, a blip in our generational wisdom that has been passed down for a hundred years. You know, women teach other women how to homestead how to cook and preserve food, mm. how to raise children. We have this generational blip that occurred with prohibition. Yeah. And so now we have to come back as, as the women who are like, okay, let me teach everybody else. We have to come now and teach everybody else what we missed over the last 100 years. We're at the years. end of the blip. 
We're done with the blip. Yes. Yeah, end of the blip. We're at the end of the blip. Thank God. <laughs> That's right. That's so interesting. I never Only thought about it. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, with, with that being said, I'd, li- I'd like to say that you are the ultimate resource to get back to those roots. I mean, for those of you that don't know this, and she hasn't even mentioned this, Emily Kyle has a Well With Cannabis membership that's so affordable. It's $25. It starts at $25. You have a lifetime access to it. It's safe. It's secure. It's a cannabis forum, you guys, where everyone's talking inclusively and safely and privately and if you are wanting to get more information after this episode or more Emily Kyle, because I certainly want more Emily Kyle in my life after talking to you today, Emily. But for those of you that do want more, you should check out her website. It is absolutely like I was telling Ryan, I said, oh my gosh, her, her website is what I would aspire my website to be. And everybody in the industry should aspire for it to look similar to Emily's. It's, it's easy to navigate. Mm-hmm. It's clean. It's clear. It's beautiful. It's, it's just absolutely how I envision us breaking the stigma with cannabis. You, you've done a phenomenal, phenomenal job on marketing and everything. And it's just, you deserve every success that comes your way. That is just the kindest thing you could say. Thank you so much. I, I built that website with my own two little fingers by myself. It is my baby, my passion. Oh. I found, this is an interesting um, little tidbit. I like to do like the coding stuff after I've had a little cannabis. I can like build my website. So cool. It's just a hidden talent. <laughs> but thank you for saying that. It's really kind of you because my website is like my pride and joy. Oh my what strain, gosh. What strain? Do you have a strain well, that you your... gravitate to when you do that type of stuff? That type of work? I'm curious. I do. Yeah. It's uh, amnesia. I love that. I love amnesia. Do you... That's my like, I'm just a sativa kind of girl. I've always have been. It's like. Do you do the high CBD, the one with CBD or the mixed one or is it high THC? I, there's one that Columbia Care has that I, I use. High THC. Yeah, it's like three to two that's balanced that I use. But I, grew, I just oh, grew my it? own. Yeah. I ended up getting my seeds from um, One Love Genetics and it actually came back super high in THC. I was for homegrown. I was like, oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. It was like 22% THC. And I was like, this is my, like, I will grow the same strain again this year because Easy. I love it that much. It's a great one. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you wow. need that strain to like dig in sometimes. It's cool. So data programmer. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's something we yes. didn't know. Hidden <laughs> <laughs> talent. Yeah, cool. Well, I mean, honestly, they, they, they I want to say one last thing about this before we wrap it up. But cannabis, and we were going to talk about this on a future episode. So those of you listening, please stay stay tuned because we're, we are going to talk about cannabis and creativity. I am... I wouldn't be able to get anything creative done without. I'm just going to say it right now. I heavily rely. It is my crutch. I rely on cannabis like an old lady. Okay. I like hold on to that thing to hold me up. And it's amazing. So I'm so glad you mentioned that today because I really want you guys to all start thinking about different ways that cannabis can be used uh, outside of health and wellness, but it's also part of our wellness. I feel like creativity is part of wellness, right? Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that brings us to the end of today's episode. I want to extend once again, a heartfelt thank you to our wonderful guest, Emily Kyle, for joining us and sharing their expertise on women's health in the endocannabinoid system. Emily, your insights have been incredibly valuable and we're so grateful for your time and knowledge and I truly appreciate your contribution. I know our listeners have gained a wealth of information from our conversation. I learned some things. I mean, even after all these years, I feel like every week I'm learning about this plant. So I'm so excited to take you guys all on this journey. Um, uh, And before we go, is there anything else that you would like to share? Any final thoughts to leave our listeners with? 
No, I just want to thank you so much for the opportunity. It really is an honor to be able to get to speak about cannabis on behalf of women. And if you have any questions, you're always welcome to reach out. That's what we do is we want to just help women. Yes, I, I highly recommend you reach out and connect with Emily and take a look at their website. I honestly, as Emily was saying today, I want to encourage all of you listeners to continue exploring the fascinating world of women's health and the endocannabinoid system. Stay curious, stay informed. Don't hesitate to seek professional guidance or t- reach out to Emily if you're considering incorporating cannabis or cannabinoids into your wellness routine. Remember, knowledge is power. And when it comes to your health, it's essential to make informed decisions. So thank you for tuning in. We hope today's episode has been enlightening and has provided you with a deeper understanding of women's health and the role of the endocannabinoid system in our bodies. So if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for our future episodes, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at thecannabisc at gmail.com. That is the cannabis C as in cat at gmail.com. We value your feedback and engagement. Remember to subscribe to our podcast to stay updated on upcoming episodes where we'll continue to explore fascinating topics related to women's wellness. Until next time, take care, stay informed, and prioritize your well-being. Until the next episode. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to PodConnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canada podcasters right here on PodConX and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.